This is Footy Time with Daniel Andrews. And as always, I'm joined on the other line by Johnny Ruff. How's it going, Johnny? Yeah, not bad, Dan. Um, what a weekend of footy. Some really interesting results. Yeah, plenty of upsets. Everything's been thrown up in the air a little bit again. And uh, yeah, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today, which was the biggest upset of the weekend. And also have a look, bit, bit, bit of a look at uh, the final eight and uh, all the machinations there that could potentially be happening. Yeah, plenty to discuss. But before we get to that, what caught your eye over the weekend? Oh, look, uh, Conor McGregor breaking his ankle and Dustin Poirier winning. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, but yes, uh, obviously there was a lot of sport over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a real tragic injury um, to Conor. I know a lot of people wouldn't have been that disappointed. But <laughs> um, look, in footy terms, what caught my eye? Jacob Wittering. Um I thought he did an amazing job on Tom Hawkins, and uh, I'm not sure how many goals Tom Hawk had. I'm pretty sure he didn't have many marks, though, and he's been in absolutely scintillating form. So I think that performance just more than locks Wiedering into all Australian team now. And yeah, I, just watching some of the vision, I just thought he, he's a really smart defender. Uh, he didn't have Liam Jones next to him either, so he was kind of on his own a bit. So it made it even more impressive. Yeah, he was doing some interesting things. So choosing to play a few meters off Tomahawk yeah. and then uh, closing this dangerous space, I suppose. I guess that's one of Tomahawk's strengths, being able to use the body and engage. So I guess Weedering decided to take that away from him. Because, yeah, you're right. A lot of guys uh, like to play tighter. They like to, you know, sort of be right on his on his hip and that. But that's when he gets into the, the Jocelyn contest, which is Tomahawk's so good at. So he sure. took a different approach. It was a little bit, uh, like, might have felt counterintuitive, but it was, it worked well. It worked. Yeah. And yeah, very close to a lock now for all Australians, sounds like. I'd say so, yeah. My caught, uh, what caught my eye was actually something unfooty related. So I'm not sure how many of our listeners watch tennis, but uh, yeah, there was a pretty significant occurrence over the weekend with an Australian woman winning Wimbledon for the first time since 1980, of course, Ash Barty. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, been a really great player for a long time now, but I guess this is kind of the jewel in the crown, her second Grand Slam. And, uh, yeah, she was highly favoured to win this game. It was a bit of a topsy-turvy one, though. Like, Pliskova, her opponent, started absolutely terribly and Barty started on fire. And after about 10 minutes, it looked like the match was all over, but... Pliskova managed to steady and, uh, yeah, made a real match of it. Barty actually served for the match in that second set, but uh, couldn't close it out. And then, uh, yeah, pretty tight third set. And uh, even though Pliskova went down a break in that third set, she was playing really well and Barty served for it again at 5-3. And just one of these really weird things about sport in general, but maybe tennis in particular, is it struck me how close Barty was to losing this match, even though, she was so close to winning it. If she had failed to serve it out for a second time, I think there's every chance she would have lost this match. So, yeah, yeah, incredible. I mean, I saw probably a set and a half. I was kind of hoping she'd get it done in two, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it was pretty late. Yeah, a little bit late. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but geez, yeah, what a performance! You know, good, good resolve. I mean, she's definitely got a lot of that. Um, yeah, that's an awesome story. When was when was the last time an Australian's won Wimbledon? Um, well, Hewitt did it in 2001, but Australian woman, 1980. So, yeah. And it was also the 50th anniversary of uh, her idol, 
Ivan Gulagonkoy winning Wimbledon for the first time, and they're both Indigenous Australians. So, yeah, there was plenty wound into all that, and uh, she had to play pretty close to her best to get over the line. Pliskova, her opponent, was playing really well. And, yeah, it's just weird in sport how you can be so close to winning but also so close to losing in that same moment because if you don't take your chance, you, yeah, just open the door for the opposition, I suppose. And with a um, with an event like Wimbledon, yeah, if you're winning that one, that you kind of you feel like you're the best. That's yeah, king of the world or queen of the world, aren't you? Like that's kind of the that's the that's the, the one start, everyone wants. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I I know that uh, Rafa's won a lot of French Opens, and that's pretty impressive. But uh, that's not really the the creme de la creme of tennis, is it? <laughs> Although it is a Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a lot of people, Wimbledon is probably the top, and yeah, just for Barty, I, I think there'll be many more, but the the breakthrough, the first one at whichever slam is always the hardest. She's mm. still trying to do that at the Australian Open, but uh, yeah, it, it's great that she's already able to have done it in such an emphatic way. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get back to the footy. So as we referenced earlier, there are plenty of upsets over the weekend. So I thought an interesting way to unpack this a little bit is... Uh, Basically, just trying to rank them. Let's see which was the biggest upset. So there's plenty to choose from here, whether it be Melbourne giving Port a bit of a hiding on their home deck on Thursday night, St Kilda with a five-goal final quarter to sink the Lions by 32 points, their third win in a row, the Suns kicking two goals in the last couple of minutes to sink the Giants by a single point, and then on Sunday... Sydney came down to Melbourne. Well, they've been in Melbourne for a while now, wearing the South Melbourne jumper, no less. Served it up to the Bulldogs at Marvel. And uh, after they kicked the last two goals of that first quarter, they never really looked back and managed to hold on to that lead for the whole game, really, to win by 19. And then over at the MCG, it was actually Collingwood storming over the top of Richmond with a free-scoring last quarter that saw them kick six goals in a row in very quick time to run out 16-point winners, having trailed by 20. So, lots happening. (laughs) Pretty hard round for the tipsters, obviously. Yeah. uh, If you have made uh, all nine this weekend, or it's nine, isn't it? Yeah. um, Yeah, hit us up. 40timemail at gmail.com because I'd really, <laughs> really like to meet you if you got known this round because that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So over to you, Johnny. We'll go from building up towards the biggest upset. So which is the fifth biggest upset out of this these set of games here? Okay. So um, the fifth upset I would go for here would probably be... I was I was leading with one, but I'm just thinking of possibly changing. No, I'm going to stick with one. Oh, I would, I would say Melbourne beating Ports, but the fifth biggest. Okay, interesting. Yeah, just because you expected a response from Melbourne. I, I definitely expected some kind of response, and I just think that um, it's what they had to do. I think to really cement that top, not just the top spot, but that uh, that status of being a challenger and being a a team that is not just there to, you know, the, the flavour of the year kind of thing. They, 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 you know, they mean business. I, I think that was, um, it was really impressive. And, yeah, like, it was just a hurdle that they had to jump over, I guess. So, uh, like, an impressive hurdle, obviously. But, um, yeah, 
I would... A lot of things pointed towards a Melbourne win there, like Port's record against the top teams, Melbourne's record against the top teams, the mm. reverse. Port can't beat a top team. Melbourne beats all the top teams. Yes. It is an away game for Melbourne, and Melbourne had been struggling in some areas, but I think they were primed for a response, and we saw that emphatically in this game. So I probably agree that yeah. on paper it's an upset, but it's probably not a huge upset, but still, still super impressive. Super, yeah, and super impressive by Melbourne. So... What were some of the biggest differences between the way Melbourne played this game compared to the last sort of month or so where they haven't been doing quite as well, do you think? Uh, one word. Can you guess it? Pressure. Yep. <laughs> the, <laughs> the pressure was off the charts. Like they were, they, I think against GWS, I'm pretty sure the tackles inside 50 count was about six. In this game, it was 19. So um, that's just one side of it. But um, just relentless running and tackling they were really yeah they were men possessed really um, you could tell they were on from the first minute yes. couldn't you oh absolutely and some of the holding the balls they were getting up the one where uh, you, i don't usually see travis boat get caught but uh, who was it that got him was it uh might have been langdon uh, or was it Petraka? It was either, there, was, there was so many rundown and tackles, it's hard to remember brilliant but ones. there were some really good ones like ones where yeah they just caught them off guard and yeah, it was just that was a, a textbook pressure performance, and um, guys like Cosy Pickett and that just dialing it up again. Uh, he's been off for the last few weeks, but he was back to what we'd seen earlier in the season, and you know chipping in with a few really nice goals. Um, I guess we were yeah. kind of right last week. We said that you know the pressure makes everything work, and I think that is the cornerstone of yes. most really good teams. But in particular for Melbourne, they really need that pressure, don't they? Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and down back, uh, they've had week after week of, of great defensive performances, but this one was just just forcing them out wide, getting them to kick it long. Um, May and Lever just chopping off all, all night. Uh, they could have done it all day. They could have done it for two games. So if they were playing another game after that, they would have easily done the same thing. And it was, yeah, they just... It was funny, actually. At one point, one of the commentators was saying, oh, Port are really happy to just play the uncontested game here, rack up some uncontested marks. It was just completely backwards. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they had they nowhere to go. They weren't doing much with the were they? <laughs> no, they had nowhere to go. And, and, you know, it was all... I guess... Sorry, Gabe. I was just going to say one of the other big things was that, you know, Ben Brown had been brought in. And, yeah, one of the things that I'd really noticed over the last couple of weeks is they'd been kicking long to quite uh, small targets often, you know, sometimes kicking it on the head of Spargo mm. even, and there was a lot less of that. Even though Ben Brown didn't set the world on fire, I think he really worked well with the structure and he competed when the ball was in his area. So, yeah, I think that worked really well. Very, I was very happy with Ben Brown um, being in the side and, and, yeah, he didn't kick a goal, but he definitely provided that, um, just that big presence. I mean, he's, all, like, he's hard to miss and... You know, you tend to someone that's hard to miss. Uh, and he was also able to, you know, to, to an extent, he was able to help get the ball to ground. And um, he got a few good possessions outside 50. And there was a nice kick that he had to, to T-Mac. Uh, yeah, he's actually a pretty good field kick. He's not I bad. didn't really know that about him. Um, but Matthew Lord made a good point, actually, on the Sunday footy show. He's saying last week, and, and obviously we like it when T-Mac gets up the ground, but he was saying last week most of his marks were up the ground. This week... That's where you want him to be marking. Yeah, and, and it's the three goals. In yeah, the return. just a bit more, a bit more inside fifty marking from the team. Who so was I guess, 
all that all those doomsdays on melbourne were probably a little bit premature and i guess we were a little bit amongst that we weren't too harsh on them but needed a response mm. and we got the response Absolutely. so it's nice to see and uh definitely got the toughest run of the prospective tough uh, top four set sides uh running to finals but uh you know there's still every chance to finish in the top two or three so Destiny's in their own hands, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, lots of twists and turns. And, uh, yeah, just it's going to be who shows up on the day in each of these games. Absolutely. So that was the fifth biggest upset. What about the fourth biggest upset? Which one have we got next? Fourth biggest upset. Uh, fourth biggest upset. Uh, I'm thinking... I'll say Collingwood. Collingwood, okay. Now, I'm not totally sold on that. <laughs> I was gonna, I was thinking Suns, but I'll say Collingwood just because, just because Richmond are quite depleted. Um, what happened? Yeah, fourth loss in a row. Yeah, yeah, and look, what happened in the game was definitely probably the most shocking thing for the whole round. But um. Pre-game, I would have thought Richmond maybe more than slight favourites, but it wouldn't have been beyond the realms of possibility for Collingwood to win it, snatch it. Yeah. yeah. The game was going their way for most of it, really. Richmond, first three quarters, they were largely in control. And uh, yeah, it was a big turn up in that last quarter, but I suppose it has been a little bit of a pattern in their games recently where they have been... Uh, vulnerable in last quarters and so it proved on this occasion and not only vulnerable they were getting absolutely slaughtered in the air in that last quarter something that you don't usually see from a Richmond backline but um Collingwood were beating them with set shots inside 50 yeah they conceded a lot of inside 50 marks all day didn't they which is very uncharacteristic for a Richmond team so I guess yeah they're just not really the Richmond team that we've seen in the last four years with the number of injuries and uh, whatever else has caught up with them. So, yeah, I think them making finals, I know we've talked about it a lot in other episodes, but I think even if they do make finals from here, they'll just be limping in and they'll be pretty easy to beat, I would say, in that first elimination final. But I, I'm not expecting them to make the finals now. Um, I think it's it just got harder. There's no doubt about that. I still, I'm still holding out for that last sort of, four-game stretch. If they can get enough wins there, they might give it a push, but it's looking less and less likely, that's for sure. There's a lot of teams now that are, you know, competing for those last few spots in the eight, and uh, Richmond's percentage has taken a bit of a hammering, and yeah, they're only on seven wins now, so I think we'll go into this a little bit later with our top eight predictions and stuff, but it looks like you'll need 11 wins and a good percentage, or 12 wins. So to get 12 wins, they'd need to win five of the last six. And yeah, in the, with their current form, I can't see that happening. So what, what do you think Collingwood did to them here? Like, what was uh, what was the difference? Uh, well, I think that they finally sped up their ball movement. They were actually playing with a bit more urgency and um, just quick handballs, run and carry through the middle. Um yeah, it's something that we weren't seeing a lot earlier in the year. It was there was a very slow build up, and um, they would kick backwards a lot. Uh, yeah, I just it was, they looked like they'd sort of taken the shackles off. They were playing with some freedom. Yeah, I think 
Harvey said that, didn't he? That uh, they just wanted them to go out there and play. Mm. And uh, he knew that, you know, Richmond were gettable in that last quarter. So it was time to completely let the shackles off and see what they could do. And uh, it was a complete domination in that last quarter. If you looked at the stats, I think they had an extra sort of 70 possessions or so and just winning winning all the key stats. It sounds, uh, according to this, they scored nine times from 14 inside 50s in that last quarter. Yeah, absolute smashing in that last quarter there. Okay, so that was the fourth biggest. What's the third biggest upset then? Uh, the third biggest upset would be the Suns over the Giants. Okay. Yes. So Suns have had decent form recently, yep. but what made what made this the uh, third biggest upset then? I kind of feel like the Giants really did a great job of throwing it away. Um, so yeah nine goals ten you're not going to win too many games with that uh late in the game i thought they had about two or three good chances to just kick a point and snatch a draw they just kind of how was that one with toby green he was about what 35 out and yeah he chooses to do a banana and he doesn't even make the distance they're trailing by one point that's unforgivable i, I agree i totally agree that was unforgivable uh the, the last play i think was phil davis trying to go short he probably he could have had it just had, had a ping but i'm not too dirty on that uh but the, if you're trailing by one point you just got to find any way possible to get well, a point well, this, is what <laughs> Surely. I, this, this is what i'm thinking though dan like i feel like these players are so geared towards just trying to get the win that they are like a draw is not good enough. They'd rather almost lose. And it happened in the Adelaide game that Melbourne played a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm not, this is really splitting hairs here, but I felt like Max on that last boundary throw-in uh, was really, or was a ball up, he was really keen to grab it out and have and generate a scoring show. When really, I would have, with 10 seconds left, I would have just been happy for him to just go for the big fist and put it through. Get those two sure. points. You sure want to win the game, but... If you got a choice between... I'm going back to the Toby Green one again. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a choice between one kick that you know is going to score, you can still get a goal, and one kick that can score a goal, but you're much more likely to actually not score altogether, surely with a minute left, you, you choose the option where you you know you're going to score. Like, that's just I think simple. You definitely want to be scoring from that kick. Yeah, you want to be going with the kick that will score. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a bit like... Um, and obviously the Euro finals on this morning. Uh, commiserations to England fans. But um, when you take a free kick, uh, um, I remember this from when I was playing soccer, the, the trick, uh, you'd done your job if you'd made the keeper do his job, if you'd gotten it over the wall and you don't necessarily have to score, but if you've made them do their job, then yeah, that's yeah. it. Make and a make thing, stop. If you've, sco- if you've scored from that kick, then you've done your job. If, but if you're not, if you mishit it or whatever and it hasn't even made the distance, that particular kick... Yeah, I, I don't even. Did he miss hit it? I actually I'm not sure. Like, uh, I'm not entirely sure. It looked like it was online, but it's really hard to get distance on that sort of kick where he was going for the banana. So he probably didn't hit it that sweetly. But I don't think he completely miss kicked it either. No, it is unforgivable though. So going back to GW, uh, sorry, to Gold Coast for a second. What did they do to actually pinch this? So is it just a matter of you know being in the right place at the right time, surging it forward? What did they do? I think, I think they definitely soaked in a bit of pressure, and I'm not going to use the word lucky, but they were, were a tiny bit fortunate that the um, Giants were missing. 
a few. Um, but yeah, that they kind of did. Yeah, they kind of hit him on the counter a bit towards the end there, and, and, and it paid off. I mean, I can't remember who kicked the last goal. Was it David Swallow? They were very accurate. The last two goals, sort of just scrappy play inside 50. Rao found it on the ground and then basically managed to snap it. So he's a good, I think he's a reasonable kick for goal. So yeah. maybe that's like a 55% chance that goes through. And then another sort of bit of broken play. Swallow sort of. Uh, gets out the back a little bit mm. and kind of gets half pushed as he kicks it. And uh, I think his first kick actually hit the post. So there'd be plenty of times where that wouldn't have actually got called as a push. So they would have actually not gone ahead there either. So I think yeah, it, did, it was yeah. Swallow kicked the go-ahead goal there to get him up by a point. Yeah, it's a fascinating match though. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that... Um, GWS really gave it away in the end. They they should have won it. In, yeah, they should have won it. It was an interesting game to see at Ballarat. I think there was actually a decent crowd for it as well, yeah. so that's good to see. Yeah, it is good to see, yeah. yeah. And they'll be there again next week, I think. Uh, for the, so for the I dogs. guess that's another yeah. th- another potential relocation spot for Gold Coast, the uh, Ballarat Suns, or though <laughs> you might have to. You might have to change suns to icicles or something. Get pretty cold up around that. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> uh, probably should lay off Gold Coast a little bit. They're doing uh, Two good wins. All right. Second biggest upset. Where are we going now? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is where the um, men get separated from the boys, isn't it? Um, I am going with <clears throat> St Kilda. St Kilda. Yes. Okay. Running down the Brizzy Lions. Although they didn't really run them down. It was a pretty even game. And yeah, just a bit too much for them in the end there. Yes. And look, this easily could have been the number one. Uh, going up to Brisbane's no mean feat. But uh, yeah, very close in second. St Kilda were really good with their pressure. I can't, I really find it hard to believe that this is the same St Kilda side that turned up around about Easter to play Essendon. And just walked around and looked no desire, disinterested. This was just complete opposite. They were right on the money with their pressure. Uh, Brisbane weren't necessarily off. They might have been a a couple of percent off or whatever, but um, they weren't exactly um, not running hard or anything. But the Saints, they really came and brought that pressure and uh, took their opportunities really well. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, in that first half of the year, everyone was just saying how easy they were to play against, how low the pressure was, they were picking and choosing, and now it just seems to be completely flipped on its head. They've got a group together that seem to be willing to do the hard things. They're putting the pressure on. They've got their two rucks in. I think they've won five out of six when they've both been in there. It's just clicking, which is amazing that they could change it so drastically in season. Uh, definitely um, helps having those two rucks in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's much better than the alternative. Um, but it is clicking now, and it's it's a shame that it's clicked so late, um, but it is good to see. Uh, Max King, it's really I think he's getting into the groove now with his set shots, and uh, yeah, I think, he, I think he even had 10 marks, so really good to yeah, see. Yeah, it was a great game by him. There was actually... Um, you know, they were pretty accurate in this game, I think, St Kilda, which 
is a bit unusual for this year as well. Mm. So I didn't see a lot of this game. Were they getting more of their shots in that sort of, you know, 30 metre uh, sort of radius out from goal, not on too much of an angle? Because I remember that was a big hallmark of their play last year. So, yeah, pr- pretty much, pretty much. Uh, they were, yeah, really giving themselves best percentage sort of chance for those shots. And um, if they weren't, then there were just some really good crumbing opportunities pretty much right in front of goal. So, yeah. Yeah, they were doing really well to turn it over and I guess create dangerous, you know, forward plays from that. So they were getting into good positions. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like they're actually getting back to something like their best form from last yep. year which is really encouraging and we'll see whether you have them squeaking into the eight they're definitely in the reckoning now although they do have a tough run but they've won three in a row so yeah, no, who knows they're a show i think and uh yeah yeah there's um there's a few players there jack Steele, i thought was amazing um and uh one player he's he teases a little bit, but if he gets up and running, then I think he'll help them every bit towards possibly Clinton, like just pinching a final let's book. But Jack Billings, if he's up and running, that's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Brisbane for a second, just to cover off on this. How worried are we about Brisbane now? So Hitwood goes down with the ACL injury, kind of throws out their forward structure. Nothing really works for them in this game. Uh, how worried are you about Brisbane's prospects from here? Um, well, a little bit, yeah, a little bit worried. Um, I wouldn't have said that. It, it, I wouldn't have said it would be a, a huge deal if they if they came out on skate, but losing Hipwood's a massive deal. Uh, that's just it's really going to change that forward line a lot now. Um, I think Joey Denneher is going to be relied on a lot more to kick goals. Uh, it. McStay does provide a nice foil, but I don't know. I really thought that was buzzing, um, having those three and, and Cameron lurking. It was kind of very unique out of, out of any forward line, really. But um, I'm not too... I still think they'll make the top four, but I definitely think their, their premiership hopes took a big hit. Yeah, I think I heard over the weekend that Hitwood's the player they go to most as a target inside 50. So they're definitely going to have to change things up a bit to make sure that, uh, you know, it's going to be functioning the way they need it to be kicking a score. But pretty savage blow for a team that had premiership aspirations and still does, I'm sure. Yeah, and look, they still can, but um, it's going to need some adjustment, that's for sure. For sure. All right. So what is the biggest upset then? We've gone all the way from five to one. Yeah, look, the biggest upset for me undoubtedly is Sydney over the Dogs. And in the end, um, well, maybe not undoubtedly, but I think for me it stood out because it was at Marvel. And it's really hard to play the Dogs at Marvel. Um, But the Swans, they actually, I mean, can the Swans win the flag then? Yeah, this has been going around a bit as well, this discussion point. On the face of it, I would have to say no, but maybe that's a little bit naive because they've beaten three of the top four. The only top four team currently that they haven't beaten is Melbourne. Mm. So, you know, finals is all about beating the best teams and they've proven that they're able to do that. So, yeah, they might even sneak into 
fourth if, uh, you know, Brisbane and Port go off the boil a little bit. So I think you'd have to say at the moment they are a premiership threat. Like outside of the top four, I would be more worried about facing Sydney than I would be Port. So I would say yes. What about you? Oh, look, I think that there's enough there's enough X factor in that list to go all the way. Um, looking at their run home, they've got the Giants, the Dockers, Essendon in Melbourne, then St Kilda, and the last two are North and finishing up with the Suns. So it's it's not, it's not a bad run home. Um, the the, the question mark, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Is I think they've got some really good youth and they've got some good speed. But on the other side, are they inexperienced, a lot of those guys? Um, so, so, look, it's a bit of a catch-22. But I definitely think there's enough there's enough X-Factor in there to turn games and, you know, be decisive in the critical 50-50 moments that we see in finals. Sydney beat a really interesting team this year. Like they started like a house on fire. They've dropped some games that you would have expected them to win, and then they just bob up with these amazing performances every yeah. now and then. So I think they're a really hard team to read, and uh, yeah, I think they could potentially be a really dangerous finals op- opponent just because of that. They can actually play to a really high level, and if they get a matchup they like, they could be very dangerous. So. I definitely wouldn't be lining up to play them. (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to either. So the Bulldogs then, um, so I think they had a few out and, yeah, nothing just really seemed to work for them on the day. They were winning clearance, but uh, not really getting a lot out of it. So, yeah, I guess you probably wouldn't be too worried about them. But, uh, yeah, what what did you see from the Bulldogs' perspective in this game? Uh, well, as opposed to the Lions, I wouldn't be worried at all about the Bulldogs. I think that they're fine. I mean, you know, um, Norton's probably one that would uh, make a, a big difference, I guess. But um, Yeah, yeah. Out yeah. with concussion for this week, but, but, so that didn't help them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I just looked at this and I thought a lot of players just turned in some bad days in, that, in this one. I mean, there's Jack McRae who never, ever gets under 30 disposals, uh, had about 25, which is nothing to sneeze at, but still, it's unheard of. Um, Cody Waitman, who a lot of of praise has been sung about him lately, had five touches, no goals. Uh, Tom Liberatore, 18 disposals. Uh, Just, yeah, a a lot of players just really down and were down at the same time. Yeah. I think Norton's really important for their forward structure. So they've got some other good forwards there. But, you know, Bruce having to be the number one forward, that didn't really work. And uh, I think he's just the one that makes it all work. So if they do lose him at any time, I would actually be really down on the Bulldogs' chances. So I know it's only a one-game sample, but I think he is incredibly important to the way their forward line functions. And you might remember earlier in the year we were sort of questioning, you know, can the Bulldogs kick a score? And, you know, they've proved us the fact that they can kick a score, but I think Norton almost holds the key to actually how well that forward line can potentially function. And if he's not there, I would be a lot less worried about facing the Bulldogs as a 
perspective team. If he's not there, that, that probably takes away half of their inside 50 marks, really. And that's, you know, he's, he's a great guy to kick to sort of first up. So, yeah, I, I think he's a really important player as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried. I wouldn't, if I was a Dogs fan, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I mean, it just shows Melbourne last week against the Giants. It, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know this is a bit of a Melbourne-centric point, but couple of these upsets really did help oh, Melbourne so. <laughs> with an eye to Melbourne's uh, tough yeah. run home uh, the Bulldogs and the Lions both losing so uh, definitely helped Melbourne and I guess Geelong as well who have jumped up to second now yes no, third. I believe they have equal on points equal on uh, points third, with Bulldogs yeah, so they're yeah. third yes all right well that was a really interesting way of recapping some of those games so uh yeah, maybe we'll do something similar again if we ever get around with, you know, lots of upsets. I, I enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've been referencing this a little bit throughout the episode, the fact that it's all about the final eight now. You know, it's the countdown towards finals. We've only got six weeks left. And, you know, this is the most important part of the season, right? So, uh what Johnny and I have done is we've gone through and uh, done a bit of uh, analysis to try and work out who we think might actually be uh, finishing in this top eight. So there's no expectation that we're going to get this right, but it's more, what I was more interested in to get this started was, you know, how many wins is it going to take for a team to finish top two? How many wins is it going to take for a team to finish top four and top eight as well? So that uh, way you can sort of have I a little bit of a marker nine. thinking, okay, how many more wins do we need to actually tick some of these milestones off? So, um, yeah, I've got uh, first to 11th here. <laughs> I don't know how, how far down you went, Johnny, but uh, I guess we can go up and then uh, we can work out how many wins for each of these positions in the eight. How far down did you go when you were doing your ladder? All right. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off then with my 11th. And um, once I get to nine, then I'll uh, throw to you for that as well. All right. So just a little bit about how I did this. So I actually looked at each team's uh, remaining games and gave them a percentage chance of winning. So I then added up all those percentages divided it by six, six games, and then times it by the number of premiership points on offer. So, for example, if they got a score of four out of six, uh, that's roughly Mm. 66%, I think, then you times that by 24, you get 18 or whatever it is. So it wasn't a perfect formula. Sometimes I had to go up or down by a couple of points to round out the wins, but I thought this was... a better way of doing it rather than just saying, okay, I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game. They're not going to win this game just because it's there's upsets all over the place. Right. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, I, I liked the way I did it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, uh, if, it, if, uh, any of it actually comes off. <clears throat> all right. All the way down at 11th, I've got GWS on nine and a half wins. So this, is based on the mm, fact that yeah, I think they've got a very tough run to come. I've got them going two and six for the remainder of the season, finishing on 38 points. So uh, I guess they've already 
got quite a few wins, but yeah, I'm not expecting too many more with a relatively tough run. And I guess all their home games now are going to be somewhere in Melbourne as well, which makes things even tougher for them. Then 10th, I've got Fremantle. So they're currently holding onto eighth position, but similarly to GWS, they have a very tough run to come. So I'm expecting them to finish on 10 wins, 40 points, and to actually go two and six with the remaining six games. So Basically, I'm saying Frio is going to fall off a cliff and miss the finals here. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're up to ninth now, so maybe I'll hand over to you for your ninth, Johnny, and then um, I'll tell you my ninth. Okay. So my ninth is Essendon with 11. All righty. So, uh, yeah, liking what Essendon's doing and uh, think they're going to bank some wins here. Yeah. They're only on – what are they on now, like – Seven or eight uh, wins, so they need to get a few. Yeah, they are on. I think they're on seven, maybe. Yeah, they're on seven. So liking what they've been doing. Yeah, lately. definitely. And um, I think that they've got a reasonable run home. Uh, there are a couple of games there that could act, they actually have the Giants, so that's going to be a decisive final eight game. Um, but yes, I think that they're definitely they've got a reasonable percentage. Um, probably the best out of those. Yeah, yeah, it is the best out of those ones outside the eight. Um, so, yeah, I think they can definitely give it a crack. So they'll be pretty close. So my ninth was actually St Kilda. So they, too, have a pretty tough run in the, last, in the next six weeks. So I've got them going three and six here. And uh, the main reason I actually didn't have them in my eight is because they've got an awful percentage. I think it's about mm. 86%. So I've actually got them on 11 wins, but actually to make the finals, they'd actually need 12 wins. So they'd need four wins, I think, to make the finals uh, from here. And I'm not expecting them to get those four wins. So I've got some skill to just missing there. So who makes the finals for you, Johnny? Who's eighth? Well... Eighth place, I've got GWS. And I think that that early draw is what's going to be decisive here. Um, they will have, at that point, 11 wins and a half. So that will get them in. Um, there is... So I've got them beating the Tigers. I've got them beating um, Essendon in that game that we were talking about. Carlton. Uh, I think they'll drop one and I'm just trying to remember which one that was I think I might have had him losing the port yeah I think from memory they had a lot of sort of 50-50 games or somewhere around that so I think GWS could be one of those teams where yeah they they may finish eighth or they may drop right down because they've got quite a interesting yeah. run and I think they've got Sydney next week they have Sydney next week, yeah. So that could be. They beat them earlier in the season. So if they could pinch that, yeah, if they can get yeah, that one, it will help a for lot. Sure. So for me, eighth position was actually going to be the Essendon Bombers. So I've got them storming Ooh, into the finals, yeah. winning four out of six of their remaining games. That'll get them up to forty-four points, and they have a superior percentage to St Kilda. I think it's roughly ten percent yeah. better currently. So I've got both St Kilda and Essendon finishing on 11 wins, but Essendon scrape in with that better percentage. Yeah, no, I think Essendon will definitely win their last two. So yeah, the percentage will help at that point, absolutely. 
there are a couple of games there that could go either way for Essendon as well, but they definitely have some uh, games that they should be winning and some other ones that they'll have a very good chance in as well. So I think if they can hold their form and a couple of their match winners get going, then uh, they can definitely uh, make a push for the eight uh, and finish in eighth position there. So interesting that we've both got Richmond well out of the equation here. I didn't even have them in the top 11 <laughs> and you you haven't <laughs> you haven't put them in your top nine. All right, let's go to seventh yeah. position on the ladder now. So uh, who do you have finishing seventh? Um, seventh, 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 seventh. Sorry, I accidentally clicked out my thing there. Seventh, I have West Coast. I think that... Uh, Coasters, yes. I think they will finish with 12 wins, which should see them in. Uh, and the games that they... I have them winning. I, I don't have them winning everyone, obviously. In fact, I don't have them winning. I have them losing two, actually. But I think they'll beat St Kilda. I think they'll beat um, the... I, I, I've actually got them going over to um, Adelaide Oval and beating the Crows. Uh, because I just think at that point, it's you got to get... You know, you got to get desperate. You know, like... And they've got a reason. A desperate West Coast would be interesting to it see. Will, it will be very interesting. But uh, I I just think that they've got... Like, they were humiliated last week. Um, they're actually playing right now, aren't they? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, that they'll get that round. But I think that they'll lose their last few games. They'll lose to Melbourne at Optus, I reckon. And they will also lose their last game to... The Dockers. I've got them losing to the Dockers. Oh, losing to the Dockers. Yeah. I had West Coast in seventh as well. Yeah. So I've got them splitting their last six games, three and six. That'll get them to 12 wins. So uh, that'll be enough to edge out those couple of teams on 11 wins. But yeah, not expecting huge things from the Coasters in the finals. No, neither. They will be making up the numbers, but better to be in than not, I guess. Exactly. Yes. Got to be in it yep. to win it. All right, let's go to six on the ladder. Who's six for your ladder? All right, now we're getting somewhere. Uh, six on the ladder, I've got the Sydney Swans. There, there will be a massive difference between the win-loss ratio here, though. This is where literally the men get separated from the boys. The Swans will finish with 15 wins and finish sixth, in my humble opinion. Wow, okay. And uh, they will... Like they've got, a, we mentioned before, they've got a reasonable run. They have a tricky one. We just said in the Giants next week was it? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. That they've got to get past, and then they've got to go down to Melbourne to play Essendon. But I think apart from that, there's very winnable games, and yeah, Swans typically finish seasons well. I know this is a different unit, but uh, they do get good late. I find. Yeah, I think they do face quite a few bottom eight sides on this run home here. I've also got them finishing sixth. I haven't been quite as generous as you. I've gone for 14 (laughs) wins, but still well clear of West Coast in seventh. I've got them going four and six, but with that good run, they could easily, uh, you know, pinch an extra game at least. So they may get to that 15 wins you're talking about there. So uh, we both got Sydney at six. And yeah, I agree that 
you know, it's really all about the top six. It is. There's usually, absolutely. in most seasons, the top six is significantly stronger than uh, seventh and eighth. Fifth on the ladder, who we got? Fifth on the ladder is the Port Adelaide Power. They will have the highest percentage of the bottom four teams of the eight. Uh, and they'll also have 16 wins. Um, it's a lot of wins. <laughs> it is a lot of wins to finish outside the top four, isn't it? Um, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, things have changed. But uh, they, will, um, they will beat Collingwood this week. Um, they will then face the Giants, which will be a very tricky game. But I, I do have them winning that one. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of have this um, feeling that with these teams that have got the knock on them for, you know, not performing in whatever situation people have said they haven't. I just feel like later in the season they tend to get it together and and answer. And I, I really feel like the power will go to the Giants here and they'll or wherever it is played actually <laughs> at this point. And um, they'll get it done. Uh, might be one of their wins of the season. Uh, but they'll also win their showdown. And uh, the last couple, I think, is Carlton and someone else. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that they'll finish with 16 wins and they'll finish fifth. Interesting. Yeah, I had Port in fifth as well. So I had them on 15 wins, going four and six through the remaining games. And... Uh, yeah, they're right, knocking on the door of that top four, but I don't think they're going to get there. And I think that's about right for Port. They've beat a lot of the teams below them, can't beat teams above them. So fifth or sixth for Port, to me, seems about right. I think it's about right too. The best team outside the top four. Although Sydney might they have might, something to say about might. that. They might. Jeez, <laughs> um, it'd be nice to see those two play in that elimination final. Yeah, that'd be a great game, yeah. wouldn't it? They had that good game at Adelaide Oval a couple of weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I guess probably not going to see that in the first no, week of the finals not. unless one of them drops Seriously. a little bit. But uh, no, let's go to let's go to fourth. Who do you have as fourth getting right. into We're the down to the last four. big stuff now? Okay, uh, this may surprise some people, but I actually have Brisbane finishing fourth. Me yes. too. Um, <laughs> and strangely enough. I've got them winning their last three games as well. Um, so it's going to, sh- it's just going to show you that there's going to be, I mean, obviously it's never harsh if you finish in the top four, but for fighting it out for the home top four finals, uh, you, there's not going to be, there's going to be a fine margin, I reckon. Like there's going to be some bad luck, I think, for missing out on those. But yeah. Yeah, so, that. Yeah. That loss on the weekend to St Kilda, I think, really hurts Big Brisbane. Time. So they're, they're currently on 11 wins, and they've left a little bit of a gap between themselves and the other top four teams. Now, I know they've got a good percentage, very good percentage from yes. memory, but, uh, yeah, that puts them back. So it's going to be hard for them to uh, finish in that top two now, I think. I think it took a massive hit, uh, their top two chances. Uh, but they do have the Hawks next week. They've got uh, the Suns, which is another Q clash. They've got a very good run. Uh, they've yeah. got a nice run, Dockers. But it's weird. that They probably need another five wins to get that top four spot. But it, it just, it, like I said, it's going to be a bit harsh. It, it may not be much more than that. Yeah, I think for them to finish 
in the top two. And even if they did this, it, they might not get there with their 11 wins currently. They'd need to win out from here to have a chance have to of win finishing out. top yeah, two. Yeah, they now. absolutely have to win out. All right, so that's Brisbane. Who's third? Third place is Geelong. Yep. Yep, the Cats. <laughs> the Cats. Um, I think the Cats will finish on 17 wins. I'm pretty sure I had that as. No, sorry. No. No, the Cats will finish on 18 wins. Hang on. No, 18, no, wow. Sorry, okay. no, no, 17. Sorry, no, no, I got them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they'll finish on 17. Um, their, their percentage was a lot better earlier in the year, I think. I, I'm not, I can't remember where that changed. It might have been after that Brisbane game. Uh, that probably took a fair bit out of it. But um, they'll actually have, not that it's bad, but they'll have one of the worst percentages in the top four in my prediction. Uh, and they will also, yeah, sorry, there was nothing else to add to that. They'll, they'll finish third. It's a very good block. We'd all take it. We'd finish yep. third if we could start the season. Um, but they will get a Melbourne final. Uh, <laughs> in Melbourne. For sure. Yeah. So I had Geelong in third as well. 17 wins as you did. So to get to this 17 win position, they're going five and six. Uh, through the remaining games. So that includes a win over Melbourne uh, in the last yep. round, I'm predicting there. Yep, so, yeah, it's basically their percentage holding them back here for me. They're, I'm not. A, they may make out that percentage difference, but at the moment, I think they're quite a few percent behind uh, Melbourne and way behind the Bulldogs. So, yeah, the percentage could be telling for Geelong and Melbourne in this little spot here. Although it might not matter because the finals are probably going to be at the MCG anyway. Yes. Um, I think they've, just, they've got a tricky trip to Perth this week, uh, obviously with all things going to plan. And I actually have the Dockers winning that. I actually think... Yeah, it'll be a tricky game. Yeah. I've, they've still got a few out. I, I just think they will have one more sort of, not reality check, but they'll have one more, uh, I guess maybe bridge too far win because they've still had a rough month really and then i think they'll probably win out interesting all right so i think we know where you're going with this now but uh who's second on the ladder yeah look this this was tough i went through a few scenarios for this but i have gone with who do you think i've gone with i think you've gone with melbourne but maybe no you're correct i've gone with melbourne yes um uh, really tough, really, really, really tough to choose this one. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's hard not to say that I'm being like all reverse jinx and oh, just level-headed down flat. But I, I just, I think you mentioned it before, but I've picked Geelong to win, beat Melbourne at um, GMHBA. I, I just, I just can't see us. Meant, I can't visualize us winning on that ground. I don't think it's necessarily impossible that Melbourne wins that game, but they're not going to be favourites. It's not, and um, you, it's just not. You just can't expect to win a game no. in Geelong. This is simple as I that. I think. I think this time round, this Melbourne will go down there and run them. I think they'll definitely put in a good performance. But I just think that you know, it's it's a hard one to go down and win, especially in the last game of the season. I have a funny feeling that we'll probably end up resting a few players if that's the case. If things are going the way they 
we want them to go. Uh, but yeah, I think that one. I've also, I'm, I'm really. It could be interesting if we're if our ladder predictions are right here. Melbourne plays Geelong in round twenty three. GMHBA, maybe what whatever the result. Then the first week of the finals, they probably come back and play a qualifying final oh, against each other. It's, it's I, actually I haven't given that a lot of thought. It is highly possible though, isn't it? Yeah. I only it only just popped into my head there, but that's that, an interesting wrinkle that as well. That is highly possible. And you know, if you're going to be playing each other again, do you want to be going all out in that first? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd make it a really weird game that twenty round twenty three game if it looks like that's what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we've. We've had a round, we've had a last round of the season game down there in recent times, and it didn't go too well. I'm pretty sure it was Paul Roos's last game as coach, and uh, yeah, yes. But um, I, I have, I, I've got the Bulldogs Melbourne game as an absolute coin flip, so I erred on the side of caution and had us losing it. But yeah, look, I think we'll finish second. Second, yeah, I had Melbourne second as well. Seventeen wins, same as Geelong, but with the slightly superior percentage and it's not a huge gap there. So that could actually flip around in the last six weeks, but I'm expecting Geelong and Melbourne to have the same number of wins there. And there's only one team left. Who's top of the ladder? Uh, The Bulldogs will finish top of the ladder. I'm pretty confident of that. I reckon Um, they'll hit their straps at the right time. They'll get some of those players back. Uh, I've got a huge percentage. percentage (laughs) It's crazy. It's an epic percentage. Um, which really, when it comes down to it, if we do beat them at the MCG or they beat us, it's probably not going to matter because if we win it, they're going to they'll easily have us on percentage. Uh, so yeah, look, it'll be great if we can, but honestly, I just think all roads point to the Bulldogs finishing top, and their run home's not too bad. They've got the how many wins did you have? Them I have on? them on eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, I gave them. 17 so that's going five and six so you got them winning out from here then pretty much pretty much i mean look i, I have kind of kept the game against us 50 50 so if you know if we win it then obviously it can be um it can be 17 but uh i would not be surprised if yeah but like you said like you said even if they finish on 17 they're, they're probably still, still gonna finish top um and, <laughs> so I, it doesn't really and i wouldn't matter. be surprised if they won out um they've got port they've got uh that, that, that's a tough one. They've got us. But then apart from that, they've got Essendon. And I think they might even have... Uh, North? No. No, they just played North. They've got the Hawks. Yeah, like... So obviously there's so many machinations here. We don't expect all of this to come off. And, you know, um, there's upsets every week. We just saw that. But, yeah, it was interesting to go through that and see what some of the machinations could be with teams on similar trajectories and perhaps looking to have, you know, interesting, uh, you know, amounts of uh, chances to win uh, certain games along the end of the, working towards the end of the season there. So just to cover off on this pretty quickly, because I know we've almost done an hour already. Um, So let's just go through this really quite quickly. So based on my predictions here, to finish top two, you need 17 wins and a good percentage, uh, 18 to guarantee it. Is that pretty much where you... Uh, I think that's pretty much the same as what you that's had there, Johnny. definitely Jody? the same. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> I almost had 18, but uh, then I realised that was probably not realistic. So 17. 17. And then for top four, I think this is where we differ a little bit. I'm saying 16 wins gets you to top four. 
but you're saying, I think from memory, that uh, you had Port on 16 wins as well, missing out on top four. Yep, so. yep. I think 17 slam dunks top four, but 16 with the better percentage will get the last spot. Yep, 16 with uh, the best percentage will get you top four. Pretty confident on that. And then for finishing top eight, I think we differ here as well a little bit. I've got eighth being Essendon with 11 wins and the best percentage. Yeah, I, I've got the Giants just making a bit of a run and the draw that they had earlier being a bit of a decider. So 11 and a half wins. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's pretty si- that's pretty similar. So it's basically 11 and, you know, a kicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got some of the teams here going on very good runs to finish the season. So the top four, just really quickly... I'm saying Bulldogs go five and six. I think you're saying they win out. Yep. Perhaps Melbourne going four and six, Geelong and Brisbane five and six, and then Port and Sydney four and six. So definitely possibility of upsets, but these teams do have pretty decent draws, probably other than Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you look at some, when you really look at some of these games, I mean, there's going to be more upsets. I mean, I wouldn't bank Melbourne against West Coast in Perth no matter where no, they are. definitely not. Yeah. It's always going to be a tricky game over in WA. Yeah. Well, you would think unless West Coast just completely turn it up like they have sometimes. Yeah, true. true <laughs> but, uh, just, yeah. But hard to see. All right. Well, that, I think that was really fun way of uh, working through all that. And uh, maybe we can do a quick recap at the end of the season to see how close we got <laughs> it. But uh, it really doesn't matter. It's more about, you know, looking forward and, yeah, for me, this is the best part of the year. We're not quite there yet, but uh, finals is the best part of the year. It starts to get a bit warmer, yeah. uh, most important footy games, and the build-up to the grand final. And living in Melbourne again, what could get better Absolutely. than that? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what you play for. And, um, yeah, there's a business end of the season. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to doing some of those shows, and I think uh, we'll have some really interesting games to talk about, in particular some of these big knockout finals all right let's leave it there thanks for jumping on the line johnny very interesting insights as always and thanks to you guys for listening just a reminder we do have the weekend release coming out on saturday where we do a brief intro to the round and then looking at some interesting true or falses so as one of the true or falses is relating to the western bulldogs run towards the 2016 premiership asking whether this is the uh, basically the most fairy tale-like premiership tilt in the AFL era. So we'll have a bit of a chat about that. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later.